This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing to help you keep it together. One, two, three. Craft sanity, craft sanity. This is episode 186 featuring Deborah Norville, the longtime anchor for Inside Edition. She is a two-time Emmy award-winning broadcaster, and she's also a New York Times bestselling author. And what a lot of people don't know, those of us who craft know, I mean, if you shop at Joann's, you know, because you've probably seen her yarn collection, the Deborah Norville yarn line that's put out by Premier Yarns. That launched back in 2008. So those of us who, who know crafting know that Deborah is one of us. She's a crafter at her core. She is someone who started out sewing and knitting and crocheting and, and got into macrame, embroidery, needlepoint, and cross-stitch as well. We have a conversation about her history of how she grew up making things and her influences. And then we talk about her career as a broadcaster, ups and downs she's experienced We also talk about the reason she's on the show, Knit and Crochet Now, the PBS series that's kicking off season seven this month. She is the new host of the show, and you can check your local listings. Uh, It's a PBS show. I want to thank the folks at acshomeandwork.com for sponsoring this episode. I really appreciate that. I also want to thank my Patreon sponsors for helping me keep the show going. I appreciate each and every one of you. And thanks to all you folks at home for tuning in. Okay, so without further ado, let's get to that interview. The crafters out there know that not only are you a TV broadcaster, you are a crafter at, at your yeah. core. <laughs> so you, we don't get to see you doing that on the air, but that's something that you do. And maybe if we can start by talking a little bit about your history as a crafter. How did you get into this? Oh my gosh, I cannot think of a time when I wasn't making something that involved fiber. So by way of background, I'm from North Georgia. I'm from a little town called Dalton, Georgia. It's about 90 miles northwest of Atlanta. And while you may have never heard of Dalton, I'm pretty sure you've heard of wall-to-wall carpeting. (laughs) It was invented in my hometown. In Dalton, Georgia, the multi-needle tufting machine was perfected. And so from what was the single tuft of the old chenille bedspreads, that were sold along the highways during the Great Depression. And my grandmother was actually someone who made chenille bedspreads to help keep the family afloat during the 30s. Fast forward in the 50s, the multi-needle machine was invented and thus wall-to-wall carpeting was starting to be manufactured. And that kind of coincided with um, the housing boom in America. When people came back from the war, they had their GI benefits. You know, there was this just huge upsurge in the creation of a middle class. And what could be more fabulously middle class than wall-to-wall carpeting? (laughs) So that's where I grew up. And when you grow up in a town where all anybody does is either make the carpet or be the doctor or dentist for the guy who does, 
you grow up around yarn. So for me, my parents were in the business. My daddy didn't make carpet, but um, he owned, and my sisters now run the business, a company that sold all the stuff you needed to make carpet. So we had spindles of yarn. We had miles of, of jute, which is, which, the, which is what the backing of the carpet was. We had the wrap that was, and we played on all these rolls of things. And because it was mom and dad building a business, we lived at the office. You know, if, <laughs> right. if, if, if mom and dad were working, we were there, you know, trying to amuse ourselves. And so the first thing I did was make Barbie doll clothes with my mom's sewing machine. And then when I was about eight years old, I was fascinated watching her and my grandmother knit. I thought, oh, I want to learn how to knit. Well, she tried to teach me. My grandma tried to teach me. I didn't have that dexterity at age eight to do the knitting thing. I couldn't get two, two needles to work simultaneously. But crochet worked for me. So I started crocheting when I was probably eight, nine years old. And by the time I was nine, I started making my own clothes. By the time I was probably 10, I was seriously knitting. And I grew up knitting and crocheting with whatever was at hand. And what was at hand was free carpet yarn. <laughs> Let me tell you, carpet yarn hurts like the devil yes. when you're trying to knit with it. I mean, just imagine if you've got a rug in your room, you know, that's hard. And if you've got that coming through your fingers, your fingers are going to get raw and kind of bloody and probably callous. Knitting is not supposed to be a painful experience, no, but it was not. for me growing up, <laughs> which is why when you go to your local Joann's or your Hobby Lobby or your AC, wherever it is you go for your yarn and you see Deborah Norville yarn, touch it. It's it soft. It is very soft. Yeah, I have some on my it shelf fe- here. Yeah. It feels so good in your hands. And now you know the reason why. Because when, you know, what five years ago, I guess it was, I started working with Premier Yarns. They'd come to me and said, hey, you want to do a yarn thing? The one thing I said, I would love to, but if it's not soft, we can't, you can't put my name on it. You can't put my face on it. And you need to understand why. So everybody from ground zero up knows why it's so important that Deborah Norval yarn be soft because what I learned on was really, really painful. But I did everything. I know your podcast focuses on all kinds of crafts. And right. While people may know me, you know, for the, the yarn line and knitting and crocheting, I did decoupage. Um, I even have a pocketbook. I thought it'd be a great way to market my book, Thank You Power. So I was going to an accessories council event. So I had a pocketbook that I decoupaged with a book cover. What a great way to market your book, right? Just carry around a wooden pocketbook that's got the cover of the book on it. So I decoupage. I macrame. I used to do hooked rugs um, using real carpet yarn, which was for free crochet knit needlepoint. Um, the best diet I was ever on was when I did two weeks of nonstop needlepoint and con- consumed nothing but bouillon soup and saltine crackers, and I lost 15 pounds in two weeks. Oh now, I probably God. had scurvy too, but <laughs> the great thing about crafting is two things, really. I mean, besides the fact that you've created something wonderful that if you're like me, you probably give to somebody. One, if your hands are busy, you can't be putting junk food in your mouth. That's true. So when you're crafting and you're really into it, you're not nibbling. You're not noshing. You aren't, you know, wandering into the kitchen and, you know, devouring the M&Ms and not even realizing that you did it. So when you're busy with a craft project, you don't do junk food. And the other thing is, is the zen, is the de-stress, is the reduction of the stress hormones and the cortisols. And so the, the health benefit that comes from it, and some craft activities are, are stronger triggers of that response. Knitting, crochet, anything that's the repetitive movement is definitely a higher, higher value when it comes to the de-stressing you know, medical side of it. But anything that gives you pleasure 
and makes you feel that you are at one with your world, that you are in that zone where all is good. That's a great activity. So whatever your craft, your craft poison is or your craft crack is, (laughs) if it makes you feel that way, then do it. And so do you bring projects with you? To the to the when you have downtime, I mean, do you have any downtime when you're recording in between? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm I've ran out of yarn. I'm mad at myself. I I do this a lot because I I get at least one or two balls sample of every one of my yarns, and I always start working it up. You know, I like to see how it how it behaves and how it looks when it you know works together. And so we've got a beautiful. I think everybody's familiar with Serenity Chunky, which is mm-hmm. that wonderful number five weight. You know, fat yarn, fat right, needles, that's really instant fun. gratification. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got a new Heather's um, collection. I think we've got a half a dozen new colors where it's almost like a marled kind of wool. Um, it's acrylic, but I say wool, but it's a marled sort of fiber. So the one I'm working with is navy and almost a silver gray. And oh, it is nice. so beautiful. And I'm making a pillow. I've got a, a, a new house that I'm decorating and I'm doing a set of pillows. And on one side, it's kind of a, it's like a two by two cable. It looks more like a weave, like a, a diet diagonal weave yeah. and cables, but you know, it's, you know, knit two in front, knit two in back and then reverse it. It's a really cool pattern. And then the other side is going to be this kind of horsetail cable, but I did one ball and I'm like, oh, I only have one ball. What am I going to do? So I'm waiting for my yarn to come. So in the meantime, I've got a brick red every day that I'm, uh, it's a cowl. I didn't finish it in time for winter, so it'll be a gift for somebody next year. But it's sort of a brick red, just beautiful. Um, and again, it's just, it's like a chasing cable. So it's a diagonal cable that goes around and knitting it in the oh, yarn nice, in, nice. in the round. Yeah. So I've always got something. And during downtime, there's as good a chance as any, if I'm not, you know, on my phone tweeting, I'm probably, you know, stitching away on something. Now that you have your own line of yarn, there's an endless supply. <laughs> So. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's not an endless supply of closet space. And my daughter actually gave me grief the other day. She said, Mom, she'd been away at school. She came up and said, Mom, when did my room become the yarn storage facility? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, I'll get it out of there. So, but no, it's just, these, are, these are wonderful issues to have to deal with. Oh, yeah. I, I can imagine that that would be um, just tempting to fill your house with all this beautiful yarn that you're helping design here. So, yeah. Well, how old are your kids now? And are, are any of them crafters? Well, I've got three. I've got two boys and then a girl. You know, the boys are, you know, what can I say? The oldest is 25, so he's out working, and he's more apt to be, you know, working on his golf game or something like that. (laughs) My second one is a junior in college, and he's a football player, so if if he's not at practice or in school, he's probably in the gym um, pumping. But God gave me a daughter, and um, if you go on my website, DebraNorville.com, there's a cute little picture under the the crafty part where um, it's me on the sofa with Michaela um, teaching her to knit, and it's really interesting. She did it to humor me, and then finally she said, Mommy, I love you, but I don't love to knit. So she hasn't found, which just was like a dagger in my heart, she hasn't found that thing that makes her float the way you know, knitting and crochet and sewing does for me. Right. But I had a little breakthrough the other day. She was home and I had the DVD box with the new Knit and Crochet Now show that is debuting this week that, that I'm thrilled to be the host of. And um, and it's the entire season and, and it's in a really pretty box and it's a picture of me and the other experts. And Michaela picked it up. She said, Mom, what's this? 
And I explained to her, I said, well, it's a, a, a knitting and crochet program that, that we taped recently, and it's about to air, and this is the, the show. And, and she said, that's really cool. Can I have this? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, she's busy with school. And so I don't know that she has a lot of time, but I think it's going to find its way into her DVD player. And I think she's going to watch the first episode and she's going to go, whoa, that's really cool what they're making. That's really neat. That lady, the expert or that man, because Ron Strong is also one of the experts, this wonderful six foot five hunk of crochet and knitting <laughs> genius um, covered with tats. He's just the coolest guy ever. And, and she's going to look at this and go, whoa, I could do that. Because I think one of the things for a lot of people who, you know, if you're listening, listening to this, you probably do some sort of a craft. Otherwise, why are you listening to a program about crafting? But you might not do knit or crochet. And maybe the reason you have never taken it up is you thought, oh, my gosh, that's just so intimidating. You had a grandmother like mine whose needles were literally a blur. And you thought, <laughs> I'll never be able to do like that. And I don't knit in a blur. I've been knitting for years, but I'm very, you know, chill about it. You'll watch this show which starts airing this week on PBS stations all over the country. And you'll go, whoa, I could do that. That's not, that's not, that looks hard, the finished thing. But the way that person's showing it, I can do that. And that's what I love about this show. It's very attainable. The way we present the projects, the projects that are presented are very attainable if you've never done this, but also aspirational if you're a longtime knitter and crocheter, which is kind of a tricky medium to hit because you want to appeal to as many people right. as you can. Right. And you brought in, a, you have a whole cast of experts to support you in this. How many people are working on the show this year? Well, um, the experts are Kristen Nichols, who is just a genius when it comes to color. And, oh, she's fantastic. She, isn't she amazing? Yes, so I love her She puts all these great, um, great colors together and stuff like that. So she's, she's one of them. Um, Ellen Gormley, who um, a lot of people know from the uh, magazine uh, Crochet Now, and she's, she's on it, and she's fantastic. Robin Chichula, who is so cool. She's an amazing designer. And we were talking off set and I said, how do you do this? She said, it's just math. She's an engineer by training. So that worked for me when she said, it's just math. I figure out, you know, the dynamics of the dimensions and I'm, I'm sort of a three-dimensional thinker. So that was like total, I get it. I, I see how you do this. So you understand how it has to get smaller here and bigger here and work in the round there. And so she just, she gave me a gift by explaining that for her, it's the math and the math angle I get. So I was like, yay. Um, <laughs> Lena Skivargason is another one of the experts on the show. And uh, Lena is Swedish, as is my husband. So we were speaking a little Swedish on the set. Oh, um, not during the show, though, because we didn't want to confuse the people. <laughs> what I love about her designs is, first of all, they're, they're very intricate. And you look at it and you think, oh, I could never. And then the way she explains her patterns is, well, actually, I, I think I could. So I think that's one of the gifts that she really brings to the show is this this very, very high-end beauty to her projects, but also the way she walks you through them, she eliminates any concerns that you might have had that, oh, I can't do that. And she's got some really, really 
um, pretty things that she did. And then, as I mentioned before, Ron Strong, who is our token male, but he is anything but token. Ron is a genius crocheter. I mean, he does both, but I think crochet is, he would say, is probably, you know, his his greater love of, of the two. In one episode, he's showing us some really cool slippers that he designed. And he also taught me how to do Tunisian crochet, oh, which fun. has been something, yeah, that I had never, again, it just looked too intimidating. I couldn't get my head around, well, how do all those things stay on that big, long needle? And how do you get to it when you need to crochet? And he made it make complete and total sense to me. So I think if you tune into season seven, you're going to really enjoy it. And you're going to think, you know what? I want to make a point of setting my DVR or, you know, you can watch it online too. That You know, everything these days, you can watch it everywhere. I think it's going to be a a kind of program that whether you're a longtime knitter and crocheter or somebody who's always wondered, gee, could I possibly do this? I think you're going to enjoy it. Well, and it's great that you're learning along the way too. So you're... Um... Yeah, I mean, I know how to do all this stuff, but some of these these things like Tunisian crochet, I absolutely had never done. And then every, the way this show works, have you ever seen it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, good. So, you know, it's, we have one knit project and one crochet project and it'll be like if, if, this episode, I think the third episode is vests. And so there'll be a knit vest and a crochet vest. But we also have a stitch of the week. And I really wanted to make sure that I had done as many of the stitch of the weeks before we went into the studio and started taping. So I'm feverishly, you know, stitching away. I know what they're all going to be. And there was one. I mean, I'm not stupid, but I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. It never looked like the picture. And I knew I was doing the instructions. And finally, I called up, I think it was Lana. I said, you know what? I'm killing myself. I cannot get this thing right. She said, we decided the instructions were wrong. I'm like, hallelujah. (laughs) So everything on this show has been road tested by a lot of people. So there will be no stitch that's going to make you go nuts and pull your hair out because there was one, and, and some of us had bald pot- patches, <laughs> and that stitch is not anywhere to be found. So oh, no worries about that. Well, that's great. Well, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun, too. So it's- It is a lot of fun. You know, I the reason it's so important for me to be on a show like this and, and talking to you, you know, on the radio right now is, to me, it's, yeah, it's great to be able to make something. But when you make something, what's really great is how you feel about yourself. And, you know, she said at the beginning of our conversation, people know me from TV. I've been on, I've been on Inside Edition 21 years. That's incredible. Wow. I'm so blessed. 21 years. Wow. Congratulations. 21 years. I just had my son and was actually on maternity leave when I left CBS News and came over here. So it's, it's been an amazing run and, you know, knock on wood, may it continue. But the reason I have my television career is because of the confidence I have gotten from knitting and crocheting and also making my own clothes, you know, back in the day when I literally, I made $75 a week. You try to live on 75 bucks a week. The only way you will have clothes on your back is if you can make them yourself. And the confidence that came back then and continues when I make something, it makes me feel so good about me. Not that I'm like, Oh, wow, aren't I special? But like, Oh, wow, I am worthy. I took those balls of yarn and spent hours of my time, and I created a blanket that not only makes me feel good about me, that, whoa, I was able to do that, but that blanket that I then give to my child or my husband or whoever makes that person feel good. Because when you make something and give it to somebody else, and I think most of us who are crafters, 
we give our stuff away. Right. Most of the um, stuff we make, we end up. Yeah. You can, otherwise, your house is going to explode. Because right. Where are you put it? <laughs> right. Um, but when you give that gift that was hours in the making, made by your own hand, what you've done to that person is you've elevated them. You have told them, not in words, but in this gift, that you are special to me. You are so special to me. And your life has such value to mine that I have spent days, weeks, months, whatever it was, to create this for you. So without saying I love you, I love you. And that's why I love crafting. That's why shows like like the one that you're promoting now. Knit and Crochet Now is, is so important because it does, uh, it really empower people at home. And if they're a knitter and they want to see how the product, you know, a similar you know, piece uh, that's crocheted, it's going to help people build their skill sets in two areas and uh, encourage them to kind of branch out from the safe. Uh, if they're a crocheter, a lot of times yeah. people are hesitant to, to cross over. Of course, we're seeing more of that these days. I never understood that. I never understood that when I, you know, first started working, you know, with Premier Yarns and we were developing the line. I've always done both. I, I have no, there's like this, oh, there's some of those knitter people don't like those crochet people and those crochet people look at those knitters like they've got six heads. And I'm like, I sort of feel like Rodney King after the LA riots. Can't we all get along? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't understand that. But, you know, to your point about being a crafter and being able to, Money is not an impediment. That was really important to me. You can go to the, you know, to your local yarn shop and you can drop a staggering amount of money without even blinking. One of the things that was really important to me, again, because I don't come from a fancy background. I'm, I'm very privileged and blessed now, but I'm completely self-made. And it's very important for me personally that the yarn that has my name and my picture on it be affordable. So if you go on the Premier Yarns website, I think, I'd have to look and see to be for sure, but I think the most expensive ball of yarn we have is maybe $6.99, which is a big old gigantic ball of 100% wool. You know, that's just, that's crazy cheap. Right. The, the regular everyday is under $4. Um, oftentimes you can get it on sale for less than $3 for a full-size skein of wool, you know, of worsted yarn. That's really important because... I don't want anybody to say, gee, I'd love to try out Deb's yarn, but that's out of my price range. It's not. And it's very important to me personally that anybody who wants to try out my yarns, and we've got one that's the, the only anti-pill yarn on the market. It's called Deborah Norville Everyday. It's a worsted weight yarn. It is soft as I'll get out. But the great thing about it is it doesn't make those annoying little balls. Yeah, that, you know, your so Afghans get. Yeah, that's so oh, annoying. Yeah, you spend all these hours, and then it gets ratty looking, especially if you're you know, making a blanket for the grandkids or whatever. This yarn doesn't do that. And again, it's super well-priced. I should go online to see what it actually cost. I'll do that while we're talking. Okay, so I just went online. We sell the everyday for $3.99. The anti-pill yarn is $3.99. I mean, that's crazy cheap. Um, and that's before it's on sale. You know, people mark it down. Joann's, I, I only go to Joann's when I have a coupon. I was um, speaking to a group <laughs> of Joann executives uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I, I had my coupons, and I said, thank you, thank you, thank you for your coupons. And they all started applauding because it's true. I was just there on Saturday. I had my coupon. I got my 40% off. So, you know, if you're a smart shopper, you could, I buy my yarn in the store, guys. I mean, I'll get a 10 ball, but I feel like that's, you know, 
that's profit from the company and that's somebody's paycheck and I don't want to be risking somebody's paycheck. So I wait and use my coupon and I'm waiting for my 12 balls of, of um, uh, the, the Serenity Junkie that I mentioned to come um, from Joanne's right now. What kind of feedback have you gotten from crafters out there? Because I know, you know people have followed your TV career and then that when they um, realize that, oh, wow, she's she's a crafter too. And I know this has been something that's been out there for a long time that you've you know been active in the craft community, but yeah. do you have people that kind of, you know, I mean, oh, how do people absolutely. respond to you with your crafting? The feedback I get is really, really cool. Sometimes I'll go online and I'll look and see what the people say on the reviews. And um, I was just doing that the other day and there was one woman who said, I don't knit with anything else. And I was like, well, oh my nice. God, that is so great. Or then somebody else said, the Deborah Norville Everyday, it's an anti-pill yarn, but it's soft enough for chemo caps. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God, I hadn't even thought about that. But, you know, when you're in therapy and cancer treatment, you know, everything is so painful. You, ha- you know, right. so to, to know that my yarn is like a sweet hug for somebody who's going through a really tough time, I almost get weepy thinking about it. Sometimes the people will send me photographs of what their projects are, which I always like to repost on my website. So if you've made anything, Deborah at dnorville.com, or if you can't remember that, just go on my website and click the envelope and that's an email to me. I love to hear from the people who use my yarn. Are you ever recognized in Joann's? Yes. Yes. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I was, I was in a Joann's last winter and um, this lady was in, you know, I'm always, I'm actually rearranging in the yarn section. I, I fix the oh, balls so that my go, face shows. I'm you, such a nerd. So you go but in I and would, rearrange your yarn at the store? Yes, of course I do. Because, you know, sometimes they'll pick it up and they'll put mine over in Vanna. And look, Vanna's a friend, but she don't want my face on her yarn. And if Vanna's, if Vanna's invaded my yarn, I take Vanna and go put her back where she belongs. It's all good. Um, no, we're friends. In fact, it's so funny. We see each other every now and then at, at the craft hobby show. Our shows are both syndicated by the same company. CBS sells their show and they sell my show. Right. So we cross over on so many different points, which is funny. But no, I was in the Joann's and I was, I was fixing my yarn and getting upset that certain, you know, they run out in certain things. And that's a good thing, but that means nobody can buy it at that moment. And this lady came up and she was looking for some yarn. And she recognized me, and she actually had on this cute little crocheted hat, and and I recognized the yarn. I knew it was one of my everyday stripes. I said, did you make that? She said, yes. I said, can I take a picture of you? (laughs) And um, so I took a picture of this lady. She was so sweet. And I saw her hat. I said, did you make that? And she said, yeah. I said, well, I recognize that yarn. Um, and then I asked her, did you like it? Did you have any problems? And, you know, and sometimes people do have problems. It's a manufactured product. Every now and then right. I'll hear from somebody who's upset because they thought there were too many knots in it. And the reality is there is no such thing as endless yarns. At some point it's going to have a knot. And if you, you know, if you end right. up with a knot, you know, we're really sorry. You shouldn't end up with a ball that's got a bazillion knots in it. But if you do, that was a screw up in the manufacturer. And we always, always, always stand by our product. Well, for your in your day job when you're um, you know out and about and you interact obviously with a lot of celebrities, mm-hmm. uh, do red carpet events and all that, and and a lot of celebrities uh, are crafty. I mean, this is something yeah. that's as with Instagram and so forth, we're seeing like you know kind of peeking into the lives of these folks that we watch on the big screen. Now, with your yarn line and so forth out there, have you connected on the crafty front with celebrities in a way that they might not connect with just you know someone who's interviewing them? 
But do you find that you have that craftiness in common with anyone in particular? Have you discussed this with? Uh... Um, I haven't had that specific conversation, but I'll, I'll share a funny moment. A couple of years ago at the Golden Globes, I was working the red carpet for Inside Edition, and I had this absolutely beautiful gray very, very fitted dress with sort of a fishtail train. And the top of it was just very subtle iridescence and lace. It sparkled, but it wasn't like glitz. You know, it wasn't right. Vegas. It was just very, very, very classy. It was just one of the prettiest dresses I've ever been privileged to borrow. And, but it was chilly. The Golden Globes were in January and it happened to be chilly that January. And I had a beautiful wrap that was made out of um, my Jewel Tones yarn, which Sadly, we are discontinuing um, against my wishes. I mm. fought to the mat for this one, but, you know, the brain trust decided that it wasn't selling enough, so they, they got, they're getting rid of it. There's a few balls left, but not many. Anywho, I was wearing this beautiful shawl that was made out of this jewel tones, which is a combination of an acrylic and wool, and it's got sequins built into it. And so this, this wrap that I was wearing was a little bit glitzy, but not a lot. Again, very subtle. Mm-hmm. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus came up to me and I was interviewing her. She was nominated for um, the vice president uh, show that she's on. And um, she said, oh, my God, that is the most beautiful wrap. She <laughs> said, is it homemade? I said, it's not only homemade, it's made with my yarn. She was like, oh, my God, you have a yarn line. So, <laughs> so what was supposed to be an interview about her nomination in Hollywood <laughs> turned into like a girlfriend thing about how cool it is to have a homemade wrap that looks good enough for the red carpet of the right. Golden Globes. Well, that's fun. how great is that? Yeah. yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, so it sounds like this has just been um, quite a experience for you. And and I, I think for the folks at home, uh, a lot of times people use their crafting to kind of when they're happy, sad, and in between, mm-hmm. they do this, and it's a great self help, cheaper than therapy kind of thing. Um, have you found that has crafting been kind of a constant for you throughout your life with the ups and downs? Uh, just well, it's very how's... funny you ask that, and. My down was was pretty public when I was on the Today Show. Yeah, I was yeah. I was kicked out, um, and Katie Couric um, took my job. Um, it was just a a very very painful painful experience. And before I was, you know, truth is I jumped before they could push me, but the end result was the same. I was off. And before I was off, there was so much negative press, and it was so destructive and so hurtful. And probably the only reason I didn't kill myself is I was expecting a child. Uh, It was really, really, really horrible. Fast forward, I got out of there. My son was born healthy. About three months later, I was at a wedding and a woman came up to me and she said, quote, I hated you for what you did to Jane Pauley because I replaced Jane Pauley. And I'm like, I was having a nice evening until you walked up. And then she said, but I read your story and guidepost. And she said, I want to ask your forgiveness for what I thought about you. And I was oh, like, wow. whoa. Whoa. And the story that I'd had in Guidepost magazine, which your listeners may know is an ecumenical religious magazine, and um, is Christian but non-denominational. And the story I had done, NBC during the very difficult times had put a gag order on me. They would not allow me to have this interview with you or anybody else. They, they shut me down. And so the press was saying and reporting anything they wanted and not being challenged, which only made the situation worse. Oh, I can't even imagine how difficult it was. It was, you know, I'm getting that creepy feeling in my tummy, even just reminding. But the reason I'm telling the story is this. Guidepost reached out to me and they wanted to do a story. And I thought, you know, I'm pretty sure nobody on NBC reads Guidepost. I'm going to talk to them. (laughs) 
I was I was spot on on that in that judgment because not only did they not read it, they didn't even see it because I was the cover story, you know, my picture, and I was wearing an orange dress in the photograph they chose for the cover. So <laughs> you could not have not noticed that I was the cover of this thing. It was just right. glaringly orange. Right. But they never saw it. They never commented. They obviously never read it. And what I said in that article was that there were two things that were getting me through that very difficult period. And one was my faith, because I do believe that that there is a purpose in everything. And sometimes God makes that purpose crystal clear, and sometimes he makes us search for it. And the second thing that I thought that was getting me through it was my sewing machine. I spent so much time sewing. I was expecting a baby, so I was doing all the decorations, you know, curtains and baby crib linens and all that stuff for his room. And so I was sewing up a storm and doing counted cross stitch because I was making a Winnie the Pooh blanket um, that, I just, that I designed myself. It wasn't like I bought a kit or whatever. I just you know, made it up. So I was cross stitching and I was sewing on my sewing machine. And those two things, again, it was back to what I said before, taking raw material, investing my time and creating something useful from it. I may have been a sack of poop at work as far as anybody at NBC was concerned, but being able to create that beautiful blanket and to make those drapes and bedspreads and things for the baby's room gave me a sense of purpose, of completion, and most importantly, a sense of Mm self-worth, which was something that was being ripped apart in the press and at my job. So my message to anybody, look, here's the deal. None of us get through life unscathed. All of us are going to have problems. Some of them will be tiny and, and insignificant, and some of them will be, honey, I'm in love and it's not with you, or the results are in, and guess what? It's cancer. I mean, there, there, are, there is bad news being delivered every day, and one day, any of us listening to this conversation may be the recipient of that bad news. Mm-hmm. And we may not be able to change that news, but what we can change is how we allow it to impact us. And I firmly and deeply believe that crafting gives each of us an inner confidence and steals us for those troubles that life will inevitably send us. And we are better able to deal with the problems because we are so grounded and centered from the crafting that gives our lives purpose. And that's so true. I mean, my show got its name. I mean, Craft Sanity is a pretty intentional mm-hmm. um, <laughs> name. Yeah, I firmly believe this, and it's gotten me through, you know, job loss and just sure. um, other struggles in life. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's such a, it's a, I consider it a superpower. When you know how to make something out of a pile of supplies, it really is a superpower. And in some aspects of society, it's undervalued, this ability to yeah. make something. But I tell people, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have how much education you have. It doesn't matter. None of that really matters when it comes to making things. You can learn, you can um, dive in and t- teach yourself. And YouTube mm-hmm. is a wonderful thing. Your show is a wonderful thing. So people can um, take a lesson from the experts on knit and crochet now. They can uh, grab some of your soft as ever yarn <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know just get to it. And I yeah. think that it does elevate your mood and improves pretty much every aspect of life just to be able to be empowered. I don't know if there's anything else that you would like the folks at home to know about. No, I just think if one person is encouraged because of our conversation or because they tune into knit and crochet now, if one person is encouraged to give it a try and they find that it gives them 
you know, that, that, that sense of superpower, um, of, of, of strength that, that you were just speaking about, then that's what it's all about. Uh, several years ago, we were, we'd moved into a new apartment and I was, again, decorating. And with kids around, you can't get anything done while they're awake. So it was three o'clock in the morning and I was in the dining room sewing and my husband walked in with one eye open. He said, what are you doing? I said, honey, this is New York. Everybody we know has a therapist. I have a Kenmore. And he's like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Um, so the name of your program is absolutely perfect. And um, I, I may be crazy in many ways, um, but thanks to, to my knitting and my crocheting, I'm not a danger to society. Yeah, I feel that way too. I'm like, I'm afraid of what I would be like if I didn't make things, you know, um, because yeah, it's such a grounding and uplifting you know, thing to be able to kind of help yourself through whatever well, is going on. Well, thank you for sharing the craft love with, with so many people. We, we need, we need people like you, um, you know, flying the flag for all the rest of us. So it's, it's so cool of you to have me on the show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Deborah, And you have a great day. You too. And a good weekend. Well, wasn't that fun? A special thanks to Deborah for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I uh, also want to thank my sponsors at acshomeandwork.com for sponsoring the show. Also, a special shout out to all the Patreon sponsors who help keep this show going. Thank you so very much. If you want to follow along with Deborah's crafting experiences, you can get more of that over at DebraNorville.com. And I'm going to put links on craftsanity.com to knit and crochet now and some other uh, things that you can find that we talked about on this podcast. So head over there for more information. I just want to mention that I have posted a YouTube video today that's a review of the spin bike that I bought back in, oh boy, I think I bought it at the end of January and started using it in February. I had to get my magazine done first. So um, I'm happy to report that it is really fabulous and kind of a game changer when it comes to fitting in workouts when you're a busy mom. So if you're interested in hearing about that, you can uh, head over to craftsanity.com or the YouTube channel over at craftsanity.com on YouTube and you'll get to see this bike and kind of how I use it. I was getting a lot of questions about the bike, so I figured I'd just answer a few of those and uh, put that information out there. Now I'm going to head, uh, I'm going to sign off and get back to work. I have a lot to do. I am working on e-edition of Craft Sanity Magazine that I'm trying to complete by the end of the month. Cross your fingers, folks, because it has been between uh, having a uh, children under the weather, half days of school, spring break, during which I'm actually working still at the college, traveling with my students. It's been so hectic, and I have great stories, and I'm trying to fit time between all these things to write. So I am excited about this next issue, and um, yeah, so look for that soon. I'll announce it on the podcast and also put it in my newsletter when that's ready for download. So stay tuned. If you have any story ideas for me or any, you know, topics you think I should explore on this podcast, by all means, shoot me an email, jennifer at craftsanity.com. So I'm going to get to work and I will be back soon with another episode. I still have, I think about four more from the Midwest CraftCon that I am going to be releasing. So yeah, I have a nice backlog of things to share with you. So I'm going to get busy working on those. I'll be back soon. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next week, we'll be crafting.